travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the music. Now we're up to the latest hit by English singer Phil Collins. The Zingers. Whose husband are you, dog face? <laughs> Whose husband are you looking for? <laughs> and the self-indulgence. Chicks dig me because I rarely wear underwear. When I do, it's usually something unusual. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears, with TampaBay.com. And today, our interview with the hair metal god himself, Brett Michaels. With me as always, only because he likes to talk dirty to me, Times Pop Music Critic, or will it be Rock Music Critic today, Sean Daly. I'll be like dropping F-bombs with, uh, with Brett, with BM. <laughs> I guess that's <laughs> no, not the best that not, I know. No. <laughs> yeah, you that nickname BM. never really caught on. <laughs> uh, I'm jacked about this one, baby. I'm pumped. Brett Michaels is like, he's been in the news straight for like two years, right? Oh, yeah. He got his nose smashed at, what was that, the Tonys or Tony something? Awards when, it, when the uh, the set comes down on him. Is that like last year? Yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. Last year. And then he had um, an appendectomy. Right. Then a hemorrhage, brain hemorrhage, then a stroke. I mean, and then, but then like two weeks later, he's back on stage again. Yeah. And The winning. unsinkable Brett Michaels of Poison. He wins Celebrity Apprentice. He's he uh, wants Rock of Love is huge. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Anyway, he's playing the Trop, a solo show at Tropicana Field after the Rays game on September 25th. And uh, we're going to get to uh, the bottom of why he's not playing with the boys in the band, the boys in Poison. We're not sure why he's going solo. Maybe something's going on there. But we'll ask him about that. He's going to call any second now. Yeah. You know, we'd like to tease you with what we're about to. Uh, to yeah, usually we'll be honest with you. Usually we record the interview, then we do the bookends, as we call them in the biz. <laughs> the bookends. Maybe we'll throw some seggies at you, but he's he's the phone's about to ring any second now. Yeah, this is old school. Old yeah, we're busting podcasting. old school, busting old school. You know, um, so I'm really excited about this. Brett Michaels is a really really good one. Is this one of our greatest gets? Yeah. As far as as far as let's play 80s. the game. Let's play the game. Who's our greatest get? Brian Johnson. Yeah, because I mean, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. That's, Ma- that's Martha good. Quinn. Martha Quinn. <laughs> Always annoys me. Why do people even listen to our show anymore? We just talk about the same thing. You know what kills me? And the sad thing is, we talk about the same thing when we're out to lunch together. Yeah, we got nothing else. Well, actually, you told me a story the other day. It was the most shocking story <laughs> I've ever heard. But we'll leave that one alone yeah. for now. I mean, what kills me still though is um, what's great about Brett Michaels is. Is he really infiltrates every 
level of pop culture these days. You're I mean, right. There's pure infiltration. I mean, everyone knows who Brett Michaels is. I mean, I, you could go around and people will ask, who's your favorite podcast? And I'll say Martha Quinn. And they'll be like, who? What? And that drives me batty. Yeah. Because you not know who Martha Quinn is. I mean, he, uh, again, uh, Brett Michaels, because of, you know, his ubiquity. These days, he transcends 80s. I mean, you know, 15-year-old kids know who Brett Michaels is, and 55-year-old uh, women who hit on me at concerts. Uh, no, <laughs> Again, no, uh, another story. Another story no, for another, another time. time. The, uh, the thing I like about Don't him most nothing is, but a good time. You know, during his Rock of Love days, there was probably a growing movement of people who had, were thinking, I've seen enough Brett Michaels, and um, maybe he had a little bit more detractors then. But after what's happened to him over the last two years, you'd be a major league jerk to root against Brett Michaels. I mean, yeah. he might be the one celebrity rock star out there who, who everyone kind of stands behind and is rooting for. I didn't see him on Celebrity Apprentice, did you? Yeah, bits and pieces. I mean, he's a nice guy. Did the nice guy win in yeah, that, or was he yeah. manipulated? He's, he's a hard worker. He's a nice guy. He's not a backstabber. That, that's the impression. About that. I'm going to ask him about his work ethic. Well, he's from what, Pennsylvania? Butler, like, Pennsylvania like yours? Baby. You, you aren't you from Pennsylvania? You were about to bust up my work. You know what? <laughs> F you, Spears. I work my ass off. You give me no credit whatsoever. <laughs> Look at that guy. Just want to slap your front face. I heard it. Really, no respect for me. I'm getting up at four thirty in the morning while you're still drinking your wild turkey on Saturday mornings, and I'm up trying to entertain America. <laughs> you're entertaining a couple thousand people. <laughs> oh, Maybe. It's a good thing I don't own like a, a weapon, like a gun or a crossbow. <laughs> a crossbow? You think that would do it? Wouldn't penetrate my. <laughs> Wink. Yeah. It would just bounce off and I'd right. just sit here. Sorry about that. Yeah. It's all right. Let's That's move great. on. Anyway, without further ado, because we expect a phone call any second, ladies and gentlemen, the great Brett Michaels. Hey, Brett, how you doing? Good, Sean. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. Hey, listen, I'm also with Steve Spears, uh, an entertainment editor at TampaBay.com and a huge Brett Michaels fan. Awesome. How you doing, buddy? How you doing, Brett? How, how are you feeling? That's, That's our first question. How are you feeling? Uh, well, honestly, I'm feeling uh, honestly, I'm feeling much, much better than I was a few months ago. Uh, not quite, not quite a hundred percent yet, but in uh, third week of January, they, uh, I think they found what a lot of the problem was. I have a uh, a hole in my heart, a PFO, and they uh, they go in and close that up then in uh, January, and I think I'm going to be feeling uh, almost back to a hundred percent. Well, Brett, you're coming to Tropicana Field this Saturday, September 25th, after the Rays game. There's going to be 30,000 people there to hear you. When you perform, I mean, now do you have – I've seen Poison like three or four times. Man, you are high octane. What do you – do? You have Absolutely. To, do you have to pull back a bit? How have you kind of altered your show to accommodate for the, you know, your health? That here's the thing, I haven't altered it a bit. I give everything that I've got <laughs> that night. In other words, I'm gonna I'm gonna be feeling great when I come down here to play. I'm excited. Obviously, let's start with this. I'm a huge, huge sports fanatic. You know, I'm always either watching the MLB or uh, the NFL channel, or you know. Uh, so I love sports. I'm excited to do the show. And you know, here's the thing: when I go on stage and play the solo shows. Um, it's the same energy as I give with poison. I get up there. I'm very passionate about what I do. So 
so I get, I'm really excited. I get up there, we mix the set so that people know that we're playing a lot of the poison hits, you know, or all the poison hits, and then we mix it up with some of the brand new solo stuff, and we really make a party out of it. Hey, Brad, I got to ask you, um, I know you're from Butler, PA. I went to high school in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, right outside of Harrisburg. Um, I know it. My dad lives in Camp Hill as we speak. I love it. I love it up there. Anyway, so I know that, I know that Pennsylvania work ethic, and I'm curious, like, what, what happened in the spring of this year, all these health setbacks, and all of a sudden, I mean, you just bounce back and you're working uh, again. Now, let me ask you, is that work ethic or is that some other need, like your need to be on stage? I'll tell you what it was. It was, you know, that theory that you got to get back up on that horse. That was more what it was because when I had the hemorrhage, here's what everyone forgets is that when I had the hemorrhage, I wasn't, I didn't have an accident. It wasn't like, you know, I was skiing and I hit my head or riding my dirt bike and fell. It was, I literally was sitting on my couch when it happened. And I think that the only, you know, you come to a fork in the road and you go, man, if that can happen sitting there, what else could happen? And, you know, for me, it was just really, honestly, I love playing music. And I felt that I honestly was well enough that I could go back on the road and play again. And I worked really hard to, you know, to win. Or I shouldn't say win. I didn't know that I would win. I worked really hard to, to get to be a finalist, an apprentice. And all the things that I was doing, I was going to do anyway. Much, you know, American Idol, all that stuff was happening long before I got sick. And, you know, when I had that chance, I said to the doctor, I really would like to slowly jump back into this. And at that point, I'd been in an ICU unit uh, since the appendectomy. The appendectomy was, you know, in early April, and I'd almost been almost uh, a month and three weeks that I'd been out. And I, I felt that I was able to do it. I was much slower then. And obviously, my left side of my body from the that you know, little warning stroke that I had wasn't healed yet, but I really just, just a real desire to prove to myself I could get back up and do it. You know, Brett, it was a real rush to see you win uh, Celebrity Apprentice, but I have to ask this question. Who's harder to work with, Donald Trump or CC DeVille? I'm going to tell you right now, hands down, it's CC. <laughs> Donald Trump, after all my years of CC made Donald Trump a breeze. <laughs> Hey, all right, so our, our follow-up question is, you're coming to the Trop in, in St. Pete solo style, but next year, is it the 25th anniversary of Poison? Yes, next year will be our 25th, and every year we're down there when we see, you know, Tampa, I think you guys know this, Tampa's one of my favorite cities. I come down, I love to, to not just vacation down there and have fun, but every time and we're down there, at, I want to say Ford Amphitheater, right, in the summer, <laughs> but every year we're down there, we have a good time, and uh, and like I said, I mean, for next year, our 25th anniversary is going to be awesome. I can't, I can't wait, and we'll have a... Uh, We'll have a lot of fun. And, you know, like I said, this show that I'm doing like this, for me, like when I get a chance to come out and do like a special show like this, I really get pumped up. I think the fans, you know, first of all, you guys, you know, I'm watching, you know, you're going to laugh the night I get sick. Uh, I was flipping through the MLB Sports Center and, of course, Busty Cops 3 uh, when I had the brain hemorrhage. <laughs> I love That's that. a true story. And the it, it's going to be great when I come down there and get a chance to actually uh, – to play and, and watch the game with the Mariners and stuff. It's going to be very cool. Hey, Brett, you know the next day on Sunday, the Bucks play the Steelers here. You're a Steelers fan. I know that, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But you know what? Here's, 
here's what I'm going to try to do. Is that a one? Is that what time? It's is one o'clock. It's one o'clock kickoff. So I, I may stay there because I play. I'm coming down. I play New York the night before I see you. I fly down Saturday to play with you, and I fly back to New York to Long Island uh, to play the uh, the Westbury the Arena out there. And I'm going to try to stay and actually catch that game because I'm very aware of it. So I'm going to at least catch the first half. Yeah, you could see. I mean, you could yeah take off at around see the first half take off at three, right? Yep, yep. I could even take off three or four. Even if I stayed at the end, we could take off and just move the flight back a little bit and take off. By then, with that Steelers defense, you guys will be up by about thirty points on the Bucks. By then, I'm just saying. Look, you know, without Roethlisberger, they thought we were cooked, and I I kicked off the whole uh, the whole Steelers. You know, being from you know, born in Butler and Pitt, being a black and gold guy, the, uh, the everyone gave up on him instantly. I said, man, you can't lose the faith. You know, it's, it takes a team to win the to win the Super Bowl. I think we're pretty strong, and so far we're, we're proving it. Hey, Brett, I want to ask you uh, about your new reality show on VH1. It's called Brett Michaels' Life as I Know It. Tell us more about it. Very simple. It it kind of picks up exactly where uh, Rock of Love left off and Celebrity Apprentice left off. It's just a day in the life of Brett Michaels. But here's the thing. I've never uh, really shown people sort of the, the, the what goes on in every day. As I say, the fun, the struggle, the battle, the comedy of errors that is my life. You know, the, the whole enchilada is what this show is, and it's really finding balance between being on the road and, honestly, my passion for love and making music and, and the stuff I do and mixing it for my, for my passion and my love for my family, my daughters. And, and the whole time, honestly, you get to see this sort of, it, I don't know if it'll work or not work, but Christy and I, my, Christy and I is my on-and-off girlfriend for the last 15 years, and she's a beautiful, beautiful person, and we have a great love and respect of, of raising our kids together. But it also, it really, it's one of those reality shows that is completely unproduced, which is why Rock and Love work. They don't go in there and say, okay, you two argue, or you two are going to do this. There's no rhyme or reason. It just unfolds, and it makes it very, uh, pretty exciting to watch. Hey, you know, you talk about Chrissy and your kids, and I remember I read an interview with you. You were talking about your bucket list after all these health scares, and you said right. one, one thing on your bucket list was maybe to get married to Christy, right? Marry the, the mother of your kids. I was also kind of curious right. about what was what else is on Brett Michaels' bucket list? There's a whole – I have a whole slew of things, and it, I upped that ante right after the brain hemorrhage. I figured I better get added to this thing pretty quick at the rate I'm losing organs. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of made a joke about it, but the uh, I'll tell you one of the things that, for me, honestly, and I've never done this, and I know it sounds simple, but it, it kind of goes uh, – I've never skydived, so that's got to be on there, right? i got to do that. Um, you know, they have the, you know, I've already bungee jumped. I've done all that, but the skydiving I got to do, uh, that's big. Um, and I'll tell you on a, for me, and I say this, I just, I, without a doubt, one time want to sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. That's oh, huge wow. for me. I got to do it at Three River Stadium right on the, on the weekend they were taking it down. You know, so that was huge. But, uh, to be able to sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl, that'd be huge. This this has got to be your year to do it. I mean, everything else has kind of gone your way. I mean, well, I'm telling you, those are just simple things. You know, the, the you know, obviously the more personal stuff. You know, I mean, you know, again, uh, you know, you, you have a lot of other things on that bucket list. You know, being good to this person, you know, doing that. You can go on and on, but just I'm saying that the stuff that is that signed my fun bucket list, uh, without a doubt, that that would be it.
Hey, I understand there's a new album out, too, called Custom Built. What's that all about? Uh, it's just a brand-new solo record. Um, I love it, and it's doing really, really well. Uh, when number one rock record, number one independent in the top ten out of the top 200, which, you know, again, remember, it's an independent record, and uh, the, the good thing about, and I say this about my career, the fortunate thing, is that we never signed away our publishing or our royalties when we were young. We kept all that, and it ended up being... Uh, it ended up um, being very uh, lucrative. It ended up being a good decision. We didn't know it then. Trust me, it, it felt we would have probably sold it all for a leather jacket back in the <laughs> day and, and maybe some uh, gas money, but we just didn't do that. We kept it. And so the new album, Custom Build, is just a whole bunch of brand-new songs. Um, and then I remade Every Rose Has Its Thorn uh, myself. Uh, I did it with Brad Arnold from Three Doors Down and mm-hmm. Jay from Rascal Flats. And then also one of the songs that I remade from another band was Sublime's What I Got. And we're going to be playing it down there in concert, and it just goes over huge. Yeah, don't give a damn about the people that hurt me. Criticize me, all deserve me. I know all the haters say I'm a freak. Judge me who I am, judge the way I speak. I don't really know all the battles I fought. I survived it all to say love Hey, what'd you think of Miley's version of uh, Every Rose? I think she did a great job on it. You know, now I'm going to go back in. They're going to release it as their next single, and that's always been the plan. And uh, the only thing I want him to do is I said I needed, I need to lay some big drums in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. think she did a really good job of singing it, but there's, I need to hear that. Like, I, I need the drums to come in, and I fought with them a little bit on it, and they totally agree. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. You know, there's, there's a lot of pain behind that song, and I'm just kind of curious. Uh, I mean, how much of that do you channel each time you perform it? Does it, I mean, does it still make you ache a little bit? No, there's, here's what it is. That song for me is bittersweet. It was, um, you know, when I wrote the song, I wrote that literally in, in a laundromat in Dallas, Texas. And I had convinced Poison, this is one of my brilliant moves, but I'm also a guy who liked country music. I, love, I grew up, my, my father raised me in country, and I learned to love rock music. So it was funny. I, I, I convinced Poison to play a country bar in Dallas, Texas, uh, besides the band members and the other nine people that were at the bar. It was <laughs> early on in our career. So I'm literally, it was like a Wednesday night, and there was literally maybe a few bartenders and like 10 people. And I went back called my girlfriend uh we broke up and i wrote that song and so it's bittersweet and when i play it i I still there's still that feeling that emotion that you get anytime you hear something that reminds you of something especially if you wrote it but at the same time i'm really thankful because it really struck a chord somewhere uh in you know in america and around the world because it became a number one song and in like it was like 52 countries or something it was ridiculous I know I could have saved a love that night if I'd known what to say Instead of making love, we both made a ceremony And now I hear found somebody new And that I never meant that much to you To hear that tears me up inside And to see you cuts me like a knife, I guess, 
know we'll be here in that Tropicana field, right? You will be hearing all of it, every yeah. rose and something to believe in and talk dirty to me, nothing but a good time, all the all the hits. Plus, you'll be hearing a couple, the Rock of Love theme song and, and you know, the remake of Sublime's What I Got. And I'm just, I'm literally going to make a party out of this. Awesome. I can't wait. I'll tell you one thing I must do. We got to throw, uh, I'll see you guys down there. Let's throw some baseball on the field. Probably, I'll probably get in a little late, so we'll throw it right after the game. Oh, awesome. sounds perfect. You know, we'll, we'll get, literally, we'll get done, we'll play a concert, and let's just throw some baseball around. <laughs> All right. That's, uh, that's, we're, we're on board for that, my friend. And the Rays are looking good, man. How's the uh, how's the situation with the Yankees just out of my curiosity? Are you feeling uh, good? Nah. nah what they they look bad. Let's, the thing is, our pitching all of a sudden, these guys develop these like mental blocks, and we got David Price, you know, who could probably win the Cy Young. But everyone else is right. like is real hot and cold, and I don't know. It's we're gonna make the playoffs, and we'll probably play. Was it the Twins or Rangers? It'll you know it'll be. And but who knows in the playoffs? You know, and the Yankees, the Yankees are stacked, man. They're loaded, so we'll see. Yeah, the, well, the Yankees, you know, they they load up, they load heavy up there. But I'm telling you, the Rays. I mean, the Rays. Look at where they've come from to here. I know. They're a strong team, and sometimes sometimes you get to that playoffs because a lot of teams will heat up near the end. And then they get to the playoffs, and that heat cools off. Sometimes it's the ones, you know, that look like they're cooling off a little bit, and then they get in the playoffs and then just kick into that next year. Well, they're also so young, too, so they, they, they don't know any better. So they get in there, and they just, you know, they got the legs, and they can keep going, you know. But look at, like, A-Rod and, and Pettit. They're banged up out, uh, up there in New York, so you never know. A you little, never know. Yeah, and they're strong players, but banged up a little bit. I'll tell you, sometimes I say this. My career, I'm just using an example, my career's come more out of anything of pure drive and and will and determination. I think half the time, that's really what wins ball games and, and almost anything. Whatever that's worth, whatever those two cents are worth, sometimes it's just, you know what, you just find a way to get it done. I love it, Brent. I love it. We'll see you this Saturday, man. Be well, okay? I can't wait. All right, Thank see you, you soon. Thank you all for having me on. All right, yeah. bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. I don't know what to say. Guys, this is fresh. We just got off the phone with them. That was a great interview. God, I, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, you, you know, it's like, he, poor guy, he's touring nonstop right now. You know, he's taking time out, takes half hour to talk to us. I, 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 was I, really, I was really touched by the bucket list. He wants to skydive, but he also wants to sing the anthem at the Super Bowl. It's a great answer. Yeah. God, and it's every year for him to do it. This is it. He's on a roll. You know, he's the kind of guy, he's such a great self-promoter that um, going into the conversation, I didn't know if he'd be so slick that there was no kind of real answer there. But there was. Like, it was just kind of chatting with him. Then obviously he's talking about his plans, trying to see the Steelers game, you know, and I don't know. That was great. There's a, that re- was great. There's a reason, and, and we see it today. There's a reason why he's so popular right now. Because he's a genuine guy. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing really seemingly fake about him. He just, he's really grateful for what he has. He, you know, he's lucky, but he's talented and, and, and being a nice guy gets you a long way these days. Man, you would know, he, you awesome. should know that, Sean <laughs> He also puts in the work. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he doesn't turn down an interview opportunity and he's genuine with all of them. I saw, uh, I followed Poison and Cinderella around Florida a few years ago for a story. Remember that? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, and uh, I, down in West Palm, I finally got to go back and meet Brett, I think, on the on the bus, you know? And he had a line of, like, 300 girls, just and me. I was, like, first in <laughs> line, you know? And, but every single person, he sat on the steps of his bus, and he signed everything they had and talked to them. And he's, I mean, he just put on a show. This is after the show, and he's exhausted. But that's this guy just, he's a great, great salesman. And that's why today, 15-year-olds know him and 50-year-olds know him. I mean, he's just... He's incredibly successful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a believer. You know what else is really, really successful, too? I think I might know the answer. The, the Seggies. Ah, by the sound of the tone, it must be time for reader mailbag. But before Sean gets started, let me say this. That was the most ham-handed intro <laughs> the to the Seggies ever. Come on. I was all titillated and uh, all giddy from the, the Brett Michaels. Baby, we are recording this like five minutes after yeah. talk, getting off the phone. And granted, it's not as stupid as my last two questions to him. You know where I mean? <laughs> so, you have a new album. Tell, Tell me about that. What's up with that? What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? He's, he was good. Uh, my favorite part was really just him talking about how he was going to make the Steelers Bucks game, like a little look into like the Brett Michaels itinerary, and was, he was so passionate about. You know it. what's so weird? I'll admit this now. I was so excited for him at that moment that I almost wanted, was going to say, "You want me to go ahead and get you some tickets?" Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like I, I like making promises that I couldn't keep. Yeah, I wanted like, to say that. You, did you? Up, you forgot that? See, you, did you know he's a huge Steelers fan? He was part of like Lambert's Lunatics. I mean. Huge Steelers fan. And then I just, when we were talking to him, I realized Bucks play the Steelers yeah. this Sunday. It actually worked out perfectly. Right. I was going to say, I'll get you sweet tickets. You know, yeah. Hit the yard line. No problem. <laughs> Drive there in a limo. Yeah. I'll take Anyway, so hey, whatever. I was all, yeah. I just wanted to get to the Seggies yeah, and man. what, you know. So here's the, here's the deal with the Seggies today. Obviously, <laughs> uh, last week we had the big Ohio in the 80s podcast. Yes. And there was a lot of mixed opinion about it. I got to admit. It's fifty fifty. People saying, "Yeah, great idea," and people saying, "This is going to fail miserably." What well, if we did all, all fifty states? states? Yeah. So, so some of today. What if we group them in, like you know, the four corners? You know, do you know the four corners? Our name them. What are you talking about? The four corners. You know this. Forget it, Spears. In the West. You can like stand at one point and be in like uh, Utah, uh, Colorado. Four states I don't want to be in, probably. Jesus. And back to speed. Great. Pissing off the Wild yeah. West. <laughs> awesome. I guarantee you we have no fans in Colorado, so it doesn't matter. It's, I don't even think it is Colorado. I think I f***ed up the four corners. Whatever. Anyway, proceed with the emails. Yes. <laughs> I'm really giddy from that interview. I know. I, I have a tell. huge man crush on Brett Michaels now. He looks like he's 47. It's good to knock a good interview show out after. When's the la who's the last person we interviewed? It's been a while. All we were right. a little rusty, but we, we came through. You know, this is from Brother Ron in Dallas. Hey, guys. Just finished listening to the Ohio in the 80s podcast. You know what? That was I love that idea, Ohio in the 80s. It was a 80s. good idea. It was a brilliant show idea. And even when they say Ohio in the 80s, it's so random. Ohio in the 80s. Yeah, I know. God, I love that about us. Love this show. Anyway, Brother Ron, just finished listening to Ohio in the 80s podcast. I have to say, in spite of my initial skepticism about the idea, it turned out pretty well. Great job all around, and it was nice to hear Stephanie back with you guys. I still love Kathy, though. I think Brother Ron's a huge Kathy Wass fan. Aren't we all? 
It might be interesting to see what you could do with podcasts about other states. I don't know if you can milk it for 49 more, though. I mean, no offense to the good people of Cheyenne, but is there really a need for a Wyoming in the 80s episode? Jeez. Let me think about that. Wyoming in the 80s. That's tough. There's got to be some sort of political like uh, fracas. Maybe by the time we get to Wyoming, there they won't really be a state anymore. Oh, Jesus. See, now you're bringing me you down. You know what? You're bringing me down. It's like people like you and, and Barbara Streisand, what? you're all the same. It's like, you know, down with the U.S., I'm going to move to Canada. You know what? We don't want you around anymore, Spears and Bab Streisand. <laughs> I love Canada. <laughs> that being said, if you do get around to a Texas in the 80s podcast, I have a few requests. Number one, feel free to look me up for some input. Okay. Yep. Number two, be sure to give some love to Houston's own Patrick Swayze. We always do. And number three, get Spearsy to at least mention George Strait at least once. Come on. The guy almost single-handedly brought country music back from cheesy pop crossover Oblivion. And four, please spend as little time as possible on that effing ZZ Top. Damn, I can't stand those hairy bastards. I'm going to take real issue with that. Right now. One, I like George Strait. And you actually like some country. Is it I, Alan I, Jackson you like? No, I like um, Tim McGraw. But I've Tim seen, McGraw. I have oh, seen George Strait in concert. I have too. So there you go. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? He's very like, no talking. Boom, boom, boom. boom. boom King boom. George just heads to it. Yeah. He stands on stage and he sings his song. He, goes to four, he has four different mics set up and he goes around. Anyway, I'm going to take issue. I just saw ZZ Top open for Tom Petty, and I'd never seen ZZ Top before. And despite the fact that they played Legs, Give Me All Your Lovin', and Sharp Dressed Man, uh, back to back to back, and it's all basically the same song. <laughs> She's got legs. Um, they were great. I had a great time with them. Billy Gibbons was hilarious. He's a, a wicked guitar player. And they opened for Jimi Hendrix, and they did a little tribute to Jimi. They played Foxy Lady. Did you know that? No. Oh. What other... What other interview, Stuckney's interview, do we have uh, that opened for Jimi Hendrix? I know the answer. Do you? Yeah, dumbass. Of course I do. I'm asking you. <laughs> Chicago, Robert no, Lamb. Right, Robert yeah. Lamb. Anyway. Because when you uh, think Jimi Hendrix, you think Chicago. What the hell are we doing, Brother Rondells? He's still going on. Anyway, just wanted to give you all a shout out for another great podcast. Until the next time, I'll be here, feet firmly stuck in Texas and the 80s. Yeah, we got Brother a lot of Ron fans. Dallas. We have a lot of fans in Texas. Uh, Mike in Austin, who's now Mike in San Antonio, who was there with us in Vegas. He's in uh, he's in Texas. We could do a Texas road trip. Hey, what was the name of? Uh, they have like those eating contests there. You know, we get like a seventy-two ounce. You know, the old ninety-sixer. Oh my god, I'd love to do that. I don't yeah. eat meat anymore, though. I don't eat yeah, meat. Yeah, make an exception. Not chicken and fish. Not as sexy. Like a ninety-six ounce <laughs> chicken and <laughs> halibut. Hey, um, so Texas in the eighties. There was also what's his name, Lee Horsley. It was a bad Magnum ripoff. What was the name of that show? Uh, I don't know. Matt Houston. Oh, yeah. Remember Matt Houston? Lee Horsley? Da I got Dallas. The Dallas? Oh, da God. This is That's a brilliant fertile, idea. Fertile ground. Dallas, here's might have to here's what I want to say to our Stuck in the 80s listeners. Are you ready? Is everybody listening? You know, we've done how many? 215 podcasts so far? If we did 49 more states plus Guam... And maybe throw in some extras. That's at least fifty more shows, fifty more times to hear Steve and Sean. Hey. Why wouldn't you want that? You trust us. You're still listening. You know we put out a good product. Why would you doubt us that we can't do Delaware in the eighties? Why are you getting so defensive? Shut up, Spear. Why am I getting defensive? You're the man who bashed the entire United States of America. All right, I got another letter. Uh, this is from Doctor Incognito. 
Okay, let me get this straight. Spearsy unloads on Michigan in nearly every podcast. Uh, erroneous. And never throws Michiganders a bone. Got a bone. But he slightly taunts Ohio once, and Ohio gets a damn podcast. What? What? Yerg. My blood boils. I demand a Michigan podcast as compensation, <laughs> but that would just give him an excuse to dump on my homeland for 40 minutes. To be fair, he managed to admit that a couple good things came out of Ohio in the 80s, in between repeated jabs at Cleveland, Columbus, and Ohio in general. Man, you guys must be doing something right if I'm siding with Ohio. Not an easy thing for a former Michigander to do. On paper, I'd like the idea of a podcast for each state, but if it isn't Disney-fied, flat, swampy, palmetto, bug-filled Florida, and I write that with nothing but love for Florida and almost all of its people, will Spearsy manage to find anything nice to say? Kudos to Daly for sticking up for, well, any place that isn't Florida. Uh, I don't really understand that. And Stephanie Hayes rocks. You can have her back anytime. I submit that any future state podcast must include someone from that state to defend it from Spears. Keep up the good work, Sean. Oh, and Spears, the production work on the Ohio podcast was um really good. So, yeah. Is he mocking you? I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck in Illinois in 2010, but a child of 1980s Michigan, Dr. Incognito. Woo! Well, there we go. What can I say? I, I don't bash Michigan in every podcast. You just Did you hate Michigan before you dated somebody from there who broke your heart in a million pieces? Um, didn't have an opinion about it one way or another. I mean, everyone kind of knows what to think about Detroit in general. I mean, I don't think I was the first person to ever dump on Detroit. Well, certainly won't be the last. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did you hear that Aretha Franklin's son got beat up in Detroit yesterday? Really? The Queen Just of saying. Soul's son? Just saying. But uh, no, okay. Well, you know, hey, I, I firmly I agree with him completely that anytime we do a state podcast, there sh- we should have a fan from that state be on the show to defend. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with just hearing myself speak. Yeah, I know that. Okay, that's it for Reader Mailbag. Tell the people how they can reach us, Steve. As always, if you want to send us your own hate mail, do so at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. This is the uh, part where we play a little segment from an 80s flick. I love this part of the show. do not. 49 more uh, state shows we could give them. 49 more rollicking seggies. Special guests. We'll get George Thorogood on for the Delaware show. For Wyoming, we'll get Lee Horsley, <laughs> even though he was in Texas. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure he's visited Wyoming. It would take a little work. We would find a Wyoming angle. It doesn't have to be a really long show. Wyoming in the 80s. I'm going to Google that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, no, t- but we can. We can. That's one of the four corners too. <laughs> no, it's not. I, think so. I think Wyoming is like surprisingly north. <laughs> <laughs> that's a state motto. <laughs> So it's Wyoming. It's on the license plate. Yeah. Surprisingly, north. The arrow points up. Oh Christ! Where is the show right. pointing down. Ready? Shut up! It's a great show. No, it was a great show. No, it's a great one. Okay, you're right. Pay attention. Here was last <laughs> week's mystery clip. I'm uh, Harvey Manfredson. Yeah, it's a fish called Wanda. Some people thought that was Fletch. <laughs> Those people would be wrong. Yes, but you want to hear the people who are right? If we did a Fletch show, we could. Uh, if we did a show about Utah, we could do Fletch. See, now you're thinking. Provo. 
49 more shows. All right, so think about this. And then we'll come up with another 50 shows. We'll probably get 30 interviews. And then we have so much more to do. You know what, people? I'm getting you the show number 320, 100 more shows like that, which means that we only have to work for like another 200 to get to 500 shows. Yeah. Come to think, Jim McMahon, the quarterback from the Bears, went to school at BYU. Get him on the show. Come on, Jim. Tell us about Utah. What? I don't understand. You're making an argument for, then, against. What is it with you? I'm trying to save your show. I admit, this is your show. Spears in the 80s. Show. No, it's not my show. Forget about it. I'm just a little sidekick. You know, put Sean do your skits. <laughs> Dance, monkey boy. <laughs> anyway, this is the these are the winners of this week's mystery movie moment. Glenn Gilman, who'd like to give a shout out to new mom listener Jen in Queens. Jeff Young, who votes nay on the state podcast. All right, Jeff Young, what do you want? <laughs> what are you going to listen to when we're done? Would you rather have us doing quality uh, programming? What happened to your good mood? You know what? Don't send Jeff Young a goddamn thing. What happened to your good mood? Jeff Young ruined it. <laughs> uh, Brian Monroe, Dr. Igor Itself, Mark Denny, Johan Gamble Putty. I wonder if Johan Gamble Putty is married yet. He was getting married. Tom and Hoboken, Tim from Hughesville, Illinois, and the one and only James Crabwalk Crabtree. <laughs> Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Ah, you fool! If you know it, email us at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com. Then tune in next week to hear us call you a wiener. Ah, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. Hey, we'll play a snippet of a song from the 80s, and then we will um, we'll bring Stephanie Hayes back in to sign some more stuff. Did you have her sign stuff? Yeah, I gave her some stuff to sign. You know what? I don't really want to say this in the podcast, but I will anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on our on our blog page, there's a there's a site, there's an online store that you can go to, and you can buy stuck in the '80s T-shirts mm-hmm. and hats and a clock and a and a coffee mug. But among the things you can buy is a stuck in the '80s thong. Yes. And so I bought one, and I, and I brought it with me to Vegas for the trip. I don't know if I told you this. Mm-mm. It was my intention to get to like for for the trip to have reached some sort of crescendo where I could have given this thong to someone there and they would have actually slipped it on and I could have snapped a photo of it. It didn't come to that. No, it didn't. No. <laughs> it, didn't come, it didn't even come close to that. No, it didn't. But, but my thinking now is, and I don't think Stephanie's going to agree with it, but I think she should sign it and then that should be a prize. I don't think she's going to do it though, is she? I'm not going to say a word right now. I'm going to let you stew. <laughs> Pay attention. Here's last week's mystery tune. That's Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now by the Smiths. I was happy in the haze of a drunken hour, but heaven knows I'm miserable now. I was looking for a job and then I found a job, and heaven knows I'm miserable now. Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now. I was in a mood last week. Yeah, I know. You really were in a dark place. Before today, before this podcast, you were dark. And now you're happy again. And I'm in a dark place. Yeah. Switched. That quick. We we had lots of winners who love the Smiths. The incredibly attractive Becky Rebello. Also incredibly married. Yeah. All right. St. Spears. (laughs) Jesus. When's that stopped you before? The also incredibly attractive Gary Knockman. Natchman, knock. It's got to be Knockman. Tom Johnson, Steve, and Wee Susie McLean, Tony Green, 
Padre Paul and our number one listener, Laszlo Holyfield. That's really good. <laughs> There's a future for you in public. I have no future. Uh, Go yeah. ahead. Ready? Yeah, do your Pay thing. attention. Here's this week's mystery tune. If you know it, email us at stuckin80s at tempe.com. And then Sean Daly is going to call you a wiener. Hmm. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s, just one of the many blogs you'll find at TampaBay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever, only at TampaBay.com. So we're back, and I have to ask you, where do you think Brett Michaels fits in the uh, pantheon of Stuck in the 80s interviews? Ooh, I love this game. Uh, I think he's going to be, I think that is, um, he's either number 10 or number 11. How many have we done, like 50? Oh, no, no, maybe 30 or 40. Nah, it's more than that. All right, I'll put him number six. Six? Yeah, where would you put him? That's, That's about right. I like that. Number one's Brian Johnson, Martha Quinn. Debbie. Maybe he's three. I can't think of any. What are some of the good ones? Debbie Foreman would be up there. Just, I didn't interview her. I She's know. not on my f- list. <laughs> Why am I swearing so much, dude? Stop Just it. giving you more work. Stop it. <laughs> I don't even think you talk to Debbie Foreman. I talk to Debbie Foreman all the time. I know, you guys. Why don't you, why don't you just go out there on a very special Stuck in the 80s? Bring a little tape recorder. The two <laughs> are of you. you taping this? <laughs> no, no, never, never. Go out there and visit her in, in uh, L.A. You don't need me. You don't need, you know what? Cut the apron strings. You don't, you don't need Sean Daly anymore to fly free. Well, it's heady advice. <laughs> no, you should go out there and see her. But oh. no, um, yeah, Debbie Foreman, who are some other good ones we've had? John Waite, was that good? I like John Kenny Waite. Loggins. Yeah. Huey Lewis. No, not Tom so Wopat. <laughs> Molly Ringwald. <laughs> Uh, Why do I have to read every list like I'm like the announcer for match game? Gene Rayburn. <laughs> I don't know. Hickory Dickory Doc. This girl was. <laughs> Never blank. mind. No, it's always uh, blank. You know, and then Richard Dawson was like, yeah, you know, whatever. I'm just cut me off. I know. Hey, look, Brent Michaels was great. We're so happy he was on the show today. He is touring through the end of yes. the year. And I think he finishes it all up in Orlando for New Year's Eve. Wrap it up, baby. In Orlando, I'll be there. All right, wrap it up, baby. In the meantime, Brett Michaels, Sean Daly, and myself, we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for the music for the opening credits. Read our blog at tampabay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And don't forget to subscribe to the show at iTunes. Ta-